Two of the words that Christians often feel guilty about wanting are great, want to be great, or more, I want to have more. But it turns out, according to Jesus, because those are real basic drives in human beings, it depends what you want to be great at and what you want to have more of. Greatest teacher who ever taught said on the Summer of the Mount that it's not your problems or challenges that are insurmountable, it is the kingdom of God. So you can make this a golden rule day. And we come today to two statements of Jesus. This is in Matthew 5, verses 19 and 20, uh, that really lay out um, the hinge point, kind of his thesis, that he will unpack in uh, the next series of passages that follow this one. Jesus has already said, don't think I've come to abolish the law of prophets. I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill them. That is one of the most staggering things anybody has ever said. Everything in the Old Testament, all of those uh, promises, was pointing to me. And in particular, when God came to Abraham a long time ago and said, you will be blessed and you will be a blessing and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And now Jesus has come and this, he planned this. He's opening the doors wide open up until this time. The kingdom of God, God's presence and friendship was something that pretty much you had to enter into cultural Israel to access. But now Jesus is going to throw the gates wide open. And that means there's going to be some changes in terms of uh, particularly civil law, because it's not going to be restricted to one nation anymore, or ceremonial law. Sacrifices are not going to need, be needed anymore once Jesus gives the ultimate sacrifice, circumcision and so. So there's going to be some shifts, but they're not arbitrary. They fit exactly with the fact that Jesus has come to fulfill that promise. Now the blessing is going everywhere. And the law that God gave remains his great gift to people and a picture of what true human greatness like is like. And that's why Jesus goes on to say, uh, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. It's a good thing to want to be great. But our world puts greatness in one category. We're not far off from the Super Bowl as I'm recording this. And what's actually getting written about probably the most is the question, will Taylor Swift make it from her concert in Japan the night before and arrive at the Super Bowl? And will she and her boyfriend, you know, be seen? Because to be the greatest pop star in the world and an NFL football player, that's kind of looks pretty great in our eyes. And and what Jesus is saying is actually ultimate greatness is available to the most obscure and the poorest and most humble person in the world. Blessed, 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 blessed. So be greatly encouraged by that. And he actually wants you to pursue that kind of greatness, but we do that by becoming the right kind of person. Uh, I'll, I'll say one other word about this. People sometimes wonder when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about it quite a lot in this passage. Uh, as you may know, that when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom. He said, now the kingdom is at hand, and it's and yet everything wasn't perfect yet. So it's already here, but it's not yet fully here. And folks wonder, um, how much is it not yet here? Is it just like only half here? And if it's only half here, shall I just try, half, try to live in it? Shall I not get my hopes up too much? Um, the clearest writing on this already not yet dynamic that I have ever read 
was written by Taylor Swift in her book, The Divine Conspiracy. And uh, she says, one thing that may mislead us about the meaning of at hand in Jesus' basic message is the fact that other kingdoms are still present on earth, along with the kingdom of the heavens. They too are at hand. This is the human condition. Persons other than God, such as you or I, are still allowed on earth to have a say that's contrary to his will. A kingdom of darkness is here, certainly. All of this God still permits. And the lack of human unity and intelligent love under God not only leaves us at the mercy of man-made disasters, war, famine, oppression, uh, but also with many so-called natural evils, uh, such as disease, scarcity, weather-related disasters, that we are prevented from dealing with successfully. So, um, the reality is, Jesus lived fully in the kingdom of God. God can't be half-present. He's not that kind of a person. If he's present, he's fully present. We don't yet know how far it's possible for a human being to live into that kingdom. Um, so, then Jesus goes on to give what's really, really central to this passage. Um, uh, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I used to think that this is pretty bad news. It was like, um, man, those guys were so righteous. You might remember the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector where the Pharisee says, I fast twice a week and I give a tithe on everything I've got. They would often memorize you know, the entire Old Testament. It's like, so I got to do more than that or else I don't get to go to heaven? That is not the point. Um, two real central concepts we want to keep in mind as we're working through here. When Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, entering the kingdom of heaven, he is not talking about who gets to or doesn't get to go to heaven after you die. God knows and we can trust him with that. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. And what he's saying about the Pharisees is not these people are people with a lot of righteousness. What was righteousness to Jesus? And very often uh, we forget this in religious circles, including in churches. Righteousness to Jesus, if you got to choose one word to summarize, it would be love. Two words, authentic love, genuine love, love for God, love for other people, goodwill that is in action, and then along with that joy, and along with that peace. Now, how did the Pharisees and the teachers of the law do when it came to love? Not well at all. Um, our constant temptation is to substitute devotional practices for love when it comes to understanding righteousness. So, what Jesus is saying is not, you know, unless you do a lot more practices than the scribes and Pharisees do, you're out of luck when it comes to heaven. Um, he's talking about righteousness, and righteousness simply is the kingdom of God at work in me, at work in my mind. So, it's not that God has to keep anybody out of heaven. It's not artificial or um, external to living. To live in the kingdom of God is to have God's will be done in my mind. So, it's kind of like um, if you can't read, I mean, if you can't, if you don't know the ABCs, you can't read. Or if you don't know how to swim, you can't play water polo. Nobody has to keep you from doing it. You just can't do it. I had an argument back when I was in college with my friend Mark Nelson, who's a brilliant philosopher. He's way, way, way smarter than me. And he was trying to make some point, and I just didn't get it. Couldn't see it, disagreed with it. 
And he tried probably three or four times to explain it. It's like, no, I don't think so. And finally, he just said, well, you can't hand a football off to a man with no arms. And, you know, that that's the deal. It's not that somebody's made a rule against it. If you want to hand off a football, somebody's got to have arms to receive it. That's the idea here. Uh, in order to live in the kingdom of heaven, I must want that kingdom to come inside me. And here's the key difference between Jesus and the Pharisee, the religious leaders of his day that we'll be unpacking in the days to come. They defined goodness primarily in terms of outward actions. Make sure you don't do bad things and make sure that you do good things. And Jesus said, no, you will never, you will never be transformed if that's your aim. You will never keep the law by trying to keep the law. You must aim at becoming the kind of person who naturally does what is good and who just naturally would not do what is wrong because what's been changed is the inside of you. Those thoughts and feelings and desires and perceptions that are going on all the time, that's changed. And he uses images like uh, Matthew 23, where he accuses these religious leaders, you clean the outside of the cup, but you don't pay any attention to the inside of the cup. Now, that's, that's the mind. That's our thoughts. That's our, what, what do I want to do? What would I do if I could get away with it? Unless your righteousness, your genuine goodness exceeds um, one of my favorite pictures of this. He uses a word, or the words in the text there is a Greek word, parasuo. Paul loved it a lot. It was a word of abundance or overflowing. It was a extravagantly generous kind of a word. When uh, our youngest was a little guy, maybe five years old, he really wanted to pour in the milk himself. So he got a cup out, asked his mom, the carton's a gallon, it's real full. She was like, this is not going to end well, but okay, go ahead. And he poured it and just dumped it out really fast. It filled up to the top of the cup, so full that it actually crowned at the top of the cup, but didn't spill a drop. Um, and we all cheered. And then he took that cup and whoosh, whirled it around to the side. And of course, half the content spilled out. What is inside you will spill out as you go through the day. So today, ask God, God, would you make me great in your eyes? Would you help me to keep directing my desire for greatness towards humility and generosity and goodness and kindness? And God, would you give me that surpassing righteousness? Would you give me more joy and more love and more peace? And then I'm living in the kingdom of God. Make it a golden rule day. You've been listening to Become New with John Orpert, where you can receive 10 minutes of daily teaching about the person you're becoming. If you like what you're hearing, you can head on over to our website, becomenew.com, where John has over 710 minute teachings on the person you're becoming, cataloged in 20 different series covering a range of topics you might be interested in. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each episode that include extra resources and discussion questions, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you have a prayer request, there's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray for listeners just like yourself. You can send your specific request to us at the number 855-888-0444. I'm glad you're here, and we'll catch you next time.